December 25th, 2018. It was our first Christmas in our new million dollar home. I checked all the boxes that promised me real freedom. I had a booming business, reaping fans, money, assets. And yeah, I was still sitting there on the couch pretending that I was watching that Christmas movie with my family while I was choking down the poison of anxiety. I still felt like that desperate kid who would take her clothes off for money. The kid who nearly overdosed to try to prove her worth to her friends. The kid that got pregnant at 19. I felt stuck. Like I was stuck in the sands of time. I did all the right things. All the things that promised me freedom. And it didn't add up. I realized a few things. I was still checking someone else's box. This was going to be an inside job. And... I would do whatever it took to never feel that way again. Consider this podcast the rebranded, revamped, cool-ass version of Alternative School. Alternative School for the unruly entrepreneur. This is for the innovators, the creators, the world changers, the service-minded, and those who want the details on how to create a business that really truly finally fucking sets you free i'm your host andrea crowder and welcome to the unruly entrepreneur podcast let's go to the show Make money so you can give money. This is some messaging that I am seeing all over the place lately, and I feel really inspired to speak on this. Um, I probably was somebody who was using messaging like this for a really long time. Um, I know, and I like suspect that in my early days because there was a period in my business where, when I finally started making, like, I want to say probably a six-figure income. There was, I built a brand around talking about generosity, which I don't think is problematic inherently, but here's what was true for me. There was this belief system that in order for it to be okay for me to have it, I had to be really giving of it. And those two things had to go together. And if they didn't, there was an identity conflict of like whether I was a good person or a bad person. And so I started giving a lot from guilt versus guidance. And the the really important part of the story is, is because I wasn't truly checking in with my intuition on how I was giving, when I was giving, where I was giving, I was doing it to continue to support this identity that I was a good person because I was so generous with my money that I actually started blocking myself from making it because the idea of telling people no when they asked me for some was almost like crippling. I can't even, there's so many stories of because I was so public about this concept of like wealth and generosity going together strangers would be messaging me on the internet. I can't pay my electricity bill. My kids are going to be cold. It's the winter time. And like people were, I'm telling you, like I paid this girl's rent one time 
I, I want to say it was Thanksgiving day and the making of the meal, or maybe it was like Christmas day or something like that. The making of the meal was being delayed or maybe the eating of the meal was being delayed because I was out getting a cashier's check for this girl who had, um, supposedly left an abusive relationship. I think that part was true. I don't know. She needed like a temporary loan of money in order to like stay in, um, this location or she was going to be evicted. And then it was her and her son. She was, um, not safe anywhere else, like pulling on my heartstrings, because, you know, like I was the kid who was, you know, with my mom and leaving abusive relationships when I, when, when I was younger, she was leaving abusive relationships. So that's, that's such an important part of my story. And she said that she was going to pay the money back in a few days when a check cleared and that never happened. And that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't care. But what did happen was because I was constantly saying yes, because it was fitting with my identity of being a good person and being generous and making money in order to do good things in the world. Um, number one, I wasn't able to keep money. So I kept finding that I was in this feast and famine cycle that was exhausting And then the guilt that comes along with that when people see you making money, but you don't always have money, there's this like guilt and shame that goes along with that. It is such a fucked, vicious cycle that my income dramatically decreased and went on this steep decrease for quite some time somewhere in the middle of my business. I can't remember which year, but I was really, really struggling. The cycle of guilt, the cycle of shame, the... Um, fear-based decisions that I was making to try to get back on track, the um, embarrassment that I was feeling in my marriage because here I am like making all this money and it seems like we're still stuck in this like feast or famine place. And what I was realizing is that um, this, what I'm realizing now is that the messaging around make money so that you can do good things with it isn't inherently wrong, but it can be problematic because if we actually hold money, then we're not being a good person. Major identity conflict and unconscious won't have it, (laughs) right? Because we need to stay um, a loved part of the community in order to stay in the community so we don't get kicked out of the community and die. Right, We know that that's not true anymore, but that's how unconscious operates. So because I was so uncomfortable telling people no, I actually just blocked myself from making it at all because at least I wasn't just telling them no. I was telling them no because I didn't have it. I can't help you. I don't have the money. And then it was that was the only circumstance in which it was okay for me to say no. There's no conversation when people are talking about make money so you can do good things with it about are you being guilted or guided to give? Where is that conversation being held? Somebody let me into that circle. I don't see it happening very often 
And if it is, typically I'm the one hosting it or, you know, some of my peers who are, who are starting to look at this um, and have this conversation as well. So I was at an event a month or so ago and I was the keynote speaker on the very first day, but I was there the night before at a VIP event. And I was going to be speaking on wealth alignment patterns. I was doing WAP live from stage. If you guys are familiar with my um, WAP program, I was doing unconscious reprogramming from stage for 100 people. But the night before, I think there was a group of like a really, really beautiful, intimate group of maybe 30 or so. And the consistent messaging was, we need you wealthy so that you can be generous. And it wasn't like make money so that you can give. It wasn't like give to your future self, give to your investment accounts, like make sure you're okay. It was all around this idea of generosity and altruism. And I really, really, really want to disrupt this conversation because it is keeping people in this like spin cycle that is exhausting to the nervous system. It can absolutely have real health implications. And the amount of like guilt and shame that goes along with it, it's almost stealing the pleasure of generosity. When we're giving from a guided place, it's such a beautiful experience. And I truly believe that there is, and this is like all up for debate and like whatever belief suits you, take it. If you enjoy it, like put it on and and try this belief on, see if you like it. If you don't like it, take it off, leave it. doesn't matter to me. But I do believe that there is a higher power guiding um, guiding my hand and, and guiding how I, guiding where I'm energized in this world. And that's why I prioritize my energy over everything because I know my guidance is coming through it. When I have a tremendous amount of energy around an idea, or when I have even like a burst of energy around an idea, and when I say that, I'm placing my attention at the end of having done it. Sometimes the energy around doing something doesn't always feel super inspiring, but the energy around having done something does. So thinking about like exercise, having exercised feels great. Exercising often feels exhausting, (laughs) right? So the idea is like, does it, would it feel good to have done it? Is it possible to do Would it feel good to have done? And if there's energy around that, I do believe that that's coming from a guided place. There's a tattoo on my um, kind of right thumb that says guided. And I'm constantly, constantly looking down at that tattoo and really checking in with what is it that I'm doing automatically? What is it that I'm doing out of guilt? What is it that I'm doing out of programming? And how can I make little, little subtle adjustments? But especially around my money, because there's a tremendous amount of power around how I engage with my money, how I use my money, how I make my money grow, how my money supports my life, because money supporting my life is money also supporting my mission, my vision, my family, my future family for generations to come, um, as well as the work that I do in this world. So money is like a gasoline for that. So I do put a lot of attention on it. And when we are giving from guilt versus guidance, 
we stay in this almost like a riptide. Have you ever seen someone like caught in a wave and they just go up long enough to catch a breath of air and then they get ripped back underneath the water and they're just in this like cycle and they can't seem to get themselves out? That's what it feels like when we're giving from guilt or when we're spending from guilt or when we're spending or behaving with money in automation or really anything. So that's why I'm not a big fan of this idea of make money so you can give it. Because most of the time it's coming from a place of automation and programming versus us really stopping in and saying, does this feel correct for me? And how often are we actually truly helping when we're giving? Are we paying attention? Are we noticing? What happens when we start to make a lot of money yet our friends and our family don't? You know, like my, um, my parents are getting older. Um, my dad is living off of retirement from a military career. I was a military wife for, you know, almost two decades. I know exactly how much that pays <laughs> and how much it doesn't. And there's a lot of times where I just want to open my mouth and be like, dad, I got that. I'm so programmed now to pause and to check in and to check on, place my attention at the end of having done it and just notice, is my body energized or does my body feel a little deflated? Does my body feel stronger or weaker? Does my body feel like it's expanding or caving in? Does my body feel like it's growing taller or shorter? Like just notice your posture, notice the energy, even notice your breath. Is your breath deeper or more shallow? Are your eyes getting wider or smaller? Just notice your posture. Notice the cues that your body's giving you and pay attention, placing your attention at the end of having done it. And is there strength to it or weakness? And that is how, that is what I use to signify the word that I um, use as like correctness. Is this correct for me? If it's correct for me, it means my body felt stronger around it. My body felt excited. My body felt turned on. My, I mean, I use all different kinds of words to like say activated in some way, but activated even just means energized. There's some energy around having done it. So therefore I'm going to go ahead and do it. Um, you know, like I've you know paid for a lot of very expensive therapy for my dad, which feels great to have done great to have done. But then there's other things where like I'm guided to just shut my mouth and listen to my dad talk about the thing that he wants that he doesn't have the money to do. Right? And just let him be in this in this world and and noticing like am I giving from a guided or guilted place, checking in and making sure would this feel good to have done? Is there energy around it and am I really helping? That's what I want to make sure is because sometimes when we are generous without really checking in, we're not actually genuinely helping someone. You know, I've had lots of people in my life who once I started to actually tap into my intuition and say like, I'm just getting a no for this. And you don't have to have any explanation other than like my soul's guidance is to say no. When you can do that, we have the best chance at being the most useful. I'm not saying we're going to be perfect at this all the time. I'm just saying that 
I have found greater use in pausing and asking versus just automatically replying and just being like the generous altruistic giver, right? I want to make sure that it's coming from like a really, really pure place of guidance so that it is the most useful that it could be. And then like walking away and not caring how useful it really is. Like I'm not sitting there judging the results based off of like how someone behaves with a with a gift that I give them, whether it's financial or whether I buy something for them, um, buy an experience for them or just give them money. Like I don't care. Like I just, if my guidance was to give, I give and I walk away and like whatever happens, happens. It doesn't matter because sometimes we can't tell the return on investment for something for a really long time. I'm one of those people where I think really long and something that I invest in today, I could get the return on investment for that in 20 years from now. It doesn't really matter to me. I just like, I did the thing that I was guided to do. And whenever the ROI comes, the ROI comes. And however it comes, it comes. I completely give zero fucks about all of that. It's just only because like, I can just see how it's always worked out for me. I'm really looking at, I'm not trusting actually, I'm looking at a tremendous, huge database of evidence showing that that's actually worked out in my favor. I really, really, really would love to see more people feel very comfortable in having money and leaving this cycle of feast or famine behind, which is why I felt so guided to record this podcast today. This hasn't been on um, the agenda. It was just something that came up. I saw something in my newsfeed and I'm like, this shit again. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stand it anymore. I don't want to hear any more of it. And people are really well-intentioned when they're saying it. Again, it's all programming. And like, where'd it come from? Probably a lot of like religious programming on like, you're a really good person if you give to the church, AKA me. <laughs> and I'm not saying everybody says that from like a malicious um, standpoint, but some people have. So like, are we giving out of guilt or guidance? That's just a question that I would, I find really useful in my life. And I think if it's useful in my life, I'm just going to say it in the hopes that it might be useful in yours as well. An episode coming up, I'm actually going to bring my CFO onto the podcast and we're going to talk about setting your future self up financially. And Lou, you guys are going to fall in love with, her name is Lou. And, um, you know, I reached out to her about this position on my team because she has a genuine passion for seeing women really well set financially. And what she was noticing was the feast or famine epidemic epidemic that happens in the coaching industry, one that I participated in for a while, one that I have stepped out of now, and I'm very grateful for that. And it is probably like one of her you can hear the energy and the passion and like the genuineness around this topic of seeing people set themselves up now in the, in the future and making sure that you get what it is that you want, like not sacrificing. Have you guys heard this story? Actually, when I started paying off debt, um, I was following this debt program that said like, eat out of your cupboards for as long as it takes until all the food is really gone. And I'm not saying that this is right or wrong. I'm just saying that like we were truly sacrificing. Like we downgraded our car to like a basic model and we paid off of, we paid off our debt, but we weren't really living. And I think that there's somewhere in between where again, I was doing 
I was doing all of that more out of guilt and I wasn't able to sustain it. So we paid off our debt and then we accrued more debt afterwards. So that's the reason why looking at the root of why we're doing something, what's causing this behavior and the cause is the emotion around it. So are you doing it out of guilt? Are you doing it out of shame? Are you doing it out of embarrassment? Are you doing it out of love, intuition, guidance, passion, joy? Um, if we broke it all down really simply, we could say love or fear. Am I afraid or am I doing this out of love? And when we choose love, we oftentimes are creating um, or planting seeds in like really, really fertile soil. When we make decisions based in fear, we're planting a seed in cement and hoping that it will grow. And that was what kept me in that feast or famine cycle where like I paid off my debt, I accrued all the debt back. Not all of it, but like a lot of it. And then um, I would make the money and then I would spend it. And again, like having money felt so wildly, wildly uncomfortable. So, and then even giving money was so uncomfortable that I prevented myself from making money in order to not have to tell people no about giving money. What a fucked situation, guys. <laughs> I don't love this for anybody. I went through it and if I can do something about preventing other people from going through it or helping you get out of it, I love that for all of us. <laughs> I fucking love that for all of us. So here's a different intention that I set for myself now when it comes to making money. Making money isn't about like necessarily what I'm going to do with it unless it comes from a really guided place. Like I, I love seeing my brand grow and I love seeing my income grow. One of my team members was able to pay $8,000 out of pocket for an emergency surgery for her pet. And she was just telling me this morning how like there was a period in time where she would have maybe had to make a really, really hard decision and she just didn't. It was just no brainer. Yep. Got it. And, and just took care of like her beloved family members need and the emergency surgery was taken care of. Wow. There is an old version of Andrea that also, if that, if I had been in the same scenario, I wouldn't have been able to you know, pay for that to save, like, and I think anybody can agree, like our pets are our family, right? So like there is this sense of, yes, having money to do good things with it is valuable, but like, where is it coming from? Where is it rooted in? I want my money rooted in excellence. I want my money rooted in joy. I want my money rooted in pleasure. I want my money rooted in creativity. And all of those things can grow and multiply versus money being rooted in fear, guilt, shame, blame, et cetera, et cetera. So here's the intention that I set is in order to make money, I'm just going to focus on doing the things that cause energy in my body. If I feel energy around selling an offer and I place my attention on having done it, I'm going to fucking do it. (laughs) And a lot of times the doing it and the having done it all feel really fucking good. In fact, that's how I choose to cause energy in my body now, right? But when I'm making money to get something out of it right away, there's something around me not needing to 
almost like have a knee-jerk response of doing something with it. It's all coming back to me placing my attention on having done it, how I invest, how I give, how I save, how I pay my team, how I pay myself. All of that is the intent. I'm putting my attention on the intention of having done it. And I notice the feeling that's associated with it in my body. If the feeling causes more energy, thinking about it, it's something that I spend time starting to actually take action on. If my energy starts to feel deflated, it's just an automatic no, because my greatest currency is the potency of my energy. It doesn't matter how much money is in my bank account. The potency of my energy will either cause increase or decrease financially in my life, in my health, in my relationships, all of that. So I place a greater intention and attention on my energy than I do anything else. I'm a fucking psycho. (laughs) Truly. Like, I don't fuck with anything that's going to potentially burn me out. I don't do anything that's going to make me feel guilty. I don't do anything that's going to make me feel resentful. I don't do anything that's going to make me feel sad or remorseful or blah, blah, blah. Anything that would cause a decrease in energy in my body is just a no because it comes at a cost from somewhere else that's more important to me. It comes at a cost of my relationship. It comes at a cost of my, um, my future business experience. It comes at a cost of my clients because they're getting a um, compromised version of me. Everyone's getting a compromised version of me, including myself. So it's just a fucking no. It's not worth it to me. And that is the reason that I have a waiting list on working with private coaching for me, that there's a reason that I have tremendous residual income from people, you know, buying every digital program that I've ever bought or almost all of them. There is all because, and including this podcast, like I, I hardly ever actually, we're getting better at promoting when new podcasts come out, but most of the time we just click upload. It goes to the podcast app and the downloads go fucking nuts. Because I come to you guys with potent, real, fucking, increased energy. In fact, this podcast, I started recording it. And at the end, like I was telling some stories that were actually decreasing my energy. I stopped. I just deleted the whole fucking thing and I started over. I was like, that's not it. Because my energy was actually feeling deflated. Now telling these stories, my energy is actually increasing. So this is the thing that's going to get posted. And that's the reason that the downloads are just happening automatically without us hardly ever saying anything about the podcast. Is because it's not just that you guys are getting information. It's that people are getting a little bit of a fucking energetic high when they listen to me talk. Whether I'm coming out you with like this massive energy or not, it doesn't matter. It's not about like hearing me sound like I'm super high and cracked out. It's about like the, um, the increased potency of what it is that I'm saying, right? Look, the Lord needs you fed. (laughs) I just, I say that only because I've had to say that to myself in various different ways. 
coming from my religious background of um, this like place of of giving and generosity was based in a lot of like religious programming versus actual pausing and getting really present with God, the universe, like whatever, whoever feels true or relevant for you. Doesn't really matter to me. And when I do that, it's just like the implications, the repercussions are always things that I'm grateful to have done. I'm just like, yes, I'm so glad I did that. And I can't say that that's been truth for the majority of my life up until the last like, I don't know, two to three years where I've really, really, really been living this. So my call to action for you today is just to look back recently at some evidence and say like, did I do that out of guilt or guidance? Guilt or guidance, guilt or guidance, or programming or guidance, programming or guidance. Am I really pausing to listen? Am I pausing to just check in and notice where I feel stronger or weaker? And send me a DM and let me know like, hey, I felt stronger doing this and I feel glad to have done it. I felt stronger doing this and I don't feel glad to have done it. Again, like sometimes the ROI, we don't see right away. Return on investment if that, um, if that doesn't translate for you. I want to see people have um, a, a stronger, more powerful relationship with money where they feel empowered by the dynamic um, the, um, or the experience that they're having with money in their life, the dynamic and the relationship that they have with money. So fun, if you guys didn't know, you can leave cool voicemails. There's a link below in the show notes where if you have a question or a comment from one of the episodes or for a future episode, you can just click the link and you can leave an actual voicemail. So I'm going to play one for you guys now that somebody um, left the Unruly team recently, and I'm going to do a little Q&A with it. Andrea and Team Unruly, if it's not limiting beliefs, it's not money mindset, it's not the niche, and it's not my copy, where am I stuck? Because it feels like stripper toes, hanging off the edge of the shoe, waiting to be taken off and taken on the most magical fucking ride. Where am I stuck, sis? Help out. Corrine, love the stripper toe analogy. So thank you for that. Let me suggest that if you are asking the question, where am I stuck, that there is a limiting belief of stuckness. So let's start there. Stuckness itself just the concept of it is its own limiting belief. So when you're building a business, sometimes, like I said, ROI doesn't always show up right away. So we're putting in this effort and we're expecting immediate results. And when we don't get it, there's this perceived problem. Now, if you're sure that you've done the mindset work, that the copy is legit, which is what you said, you said, it's not a limiting belief. It's not money mindset. It's not your niche. It's not your copy. So where are you stuck? I'm going to answer this as if all of those are true. And then I'm going to add some extra two cents. So if that's true, then what I'm going to recommend is that you just stay the course because sometimes, not sometimes, Here's how I like to look at it is when people come into our world and we're marketing a solution to them, to something that they either 
have wanted solved or they didn't even know that they need solved. But now that they see you, they know that it's a possibility and they want it. It's almost like waving, it's almost like wading into ice cold water, right? The nervous system needs time to warm up. So with every piece of marketing content, every story that you tell, all the copy that you write, and if you're writing copy, if you're writing compelling copy, then you're telling stories. Now, I haven't gone to look at your social media. In fact, I feel like I should pause this right now and let's see if I can do that. Hold on. Okay, so I checked out your social media and I do have a little bit of feedback there. Um, but let me finish the analogy. So every marketing, every piece of marketing content is like your customer getting one inch deeper in the water with you. And they're sitting there letting that one inch warm up to their ankle, to their calf, to their knee until eventually they're going to be all the way in at their heart, right? And that's when people begin to actually swim with you and the water starts to acclimate. And then people are realizing like this actually is really amazing. This feels refreshing. This feels fun. This feels whatever, right? But it takes time. Your customer, most of your customers, not all of them, but most of them are going to wade in slowly. And every story you tell gets them in one inch deeper into the water with you. So most people are perceiving that the one story that they tell should have got someone all the way in and that if it didn't, there's a problem. And I don't believe that's true. I believe that you just need to keep telling the stories to get them one inch deeper in with you. And eventually they will be in swimming with you as long as you are really consistent, right? Okay. So I did check out your social media and I'm only looking at Instagram. I don't know where your primary place of marketing is. Um, It could be email. It could be your podcast. So like I'm only looking at a little bit of information. But what I noticed in this teeny little snapshot is especially in your feed, there's no call to actions. So you might be inspiring people. You might be informing people and people might be getting a lot of value out of your work. But have they actually been invited? When people are feeling let me say it this way. When I walk into, when I walked into my stylist um, uh, salon and I sat down and I was ready for a life change. Like this is right before my hair went like super dark with like the hint of red and I'm like in my villain era and I'm just like absolutely loving my life. But I did not walk in there with the intention of walking out with this major life change with this hair. I thought I was just going in to like get fresh extensions and like touch up my color a little bit. I sat down and I said, this is what I want and this is how I want to feel. And he's like, I have an idea. Let's make this happen. When he pulled it all out, I was like mesmerized, right? But I needed him to say, here's what I recommend for you. And his strong recommendation really sold me on this new, completely different vision for myself. If we're not making that strong recommendation of this is for you, if click this link and like people want to be fucking domed almost, right? People want to be told what to do. Like I know for me, there's, um, I've said like, I want to, I lead in business, but I want to lean back in life. Like if, as I go into the dating world, like I want someone who will like step up and lead and say, like recommend trying this glass of wine. Tell me, like, expand me, right? Like, there's actually, 
this beautiful, really, really intimate, vulnerable level of freedom that we get when we just lean back and let someone tell us. Obviously, like checking in with your intuition and when someone says, even from like a pure place, like recommend doing this, like check in with your intuition and make sure that that's a yes for you. But if it is, just lean back and like let someone, let someone say like, do this, do this and do this, right? There's sometimes where I just want, I'll walk in and I'll say, I'll say to the waiter, I'll say, surprise me. I just want someone else to cultivate the experience for me. So if we're not telling people what to do, we're not giving them that opportunity to say yes to letting us cultivate that experience for them. Most people's first issue when it comes to their marketing is just not telling people what to do enough. If this was useful and you guys want some support with sales... You guys may have heard me talk about my program, The Muse, that I did as a collab with um, Dejan, my brand artist. So it was The Muse and Aesthetic. And a part of The Muse was um, a module called Sales is Foreplay. Sales is for play, but it's also foreplay, you know? (laughs) So um, that's how I look at it. It's like this buildup of this um, like fun and this experience and this um, this like burst of like pleasure, Right. And so I actually broke down my $200,000 launch with WAP and I showed you guys the exact stories that I told, the sequence in which I told it. But most importantly, I told you why. And you guys actually get a copy of all of the different um, stories that I told throughout the sequence of that launch um, in a PDF, almost like a, almost like a template for you to go reference and say like, what is it that I haven't thought of yet? The other thing that I actually even catch myself not doing enough of is telling customer stories, client stories. I forget to tell, I the amount of like mind-blowing results that a client can get working with me in a single call that I forget to tell anybody about blows my mind. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I was working with someone today and she got on and um, the first five minutes of her call, she was crying and she was dealing with a tremendous amount of guilt around leaning back and receiving when she wasn't well for a really long time from her partner and feeling like it wasn't okay for her to be that dependent on someone else. And it was causing a tremendous amount of emotional pain that was gone before the end of our one call. She went from crying to laughing and to just, I don't know, hit the delete key on guilt for someone while you're on a private call with them. Someone walking away from that, like I know because I've been on the receiving end of that, where I walk away, you feel lighter, you have more access to energy again. Um, just like so many, so many benefits. So much power comes back to the body. So much power comes back to our inspiration. So much power comes back to our our motivation and our ability to to tap in, to use our guidance, to to do the things that we feel guided to do with it. Um, And I forget to fucking tell people. I'm like, I literally do magic tricks. (laughs) Like I'm co-creating magic on a private call with people every day. And these are 
things that like most people can't do. Most people don't have the skill set to be able to do what I do. And I fucking forget to tell people. So I'm telling you right now, I do magic tricks on private phone calls. So she had done a 90 minute um, intensive with me. And yeah, the guilt was gone before the end of the phone call. In fact, I would dare say it was about 20 minutes in and the guilt was completely gone. This is something I'm actually going to work with people. The guilt specifically around this was like her ability to receive support, which was definitely going to create conflict for her in her business too. It was definitely capping her at like how much she could earn based off of how much support she could allow herself to receive. And I dare even say it wasn't even allowing, it was more of like unconscious just wasn't going to let it happen. It wasn't that she was making that choice that was happening automatically without her, without her consent. So um, now that's gone. (laughs) Game changer. Hello. (laughs) Daddy energy. Welcome that shit into your business for the amount of support that you get from there on out. And um, that's going to be a huge component of daddy energy as well as the mastermind that I'm going to be hosting alongside daddy energy. A mastermind called Leader Lean Back. And this is where people are going to come in, it's going to be anywhere between five to eight people where I'm working with people. And I'm literally having you like lean back in the salon chair. I'm going to be like doing the hair wash, the scalp massage, like all of the things. Um, You're not going to walk in and tell me what to do. I'm going to walk in and I'm going to tell you, here's the thing. Like you tell me, like, I want to feel this and I'm going to cause the elimination of all the conflict in between you and actually having that feeling um, so that you can walk away from that with the ability to be more supported than you ever have before in order to have um, a greater level of impact in your business than you've ever had. So now you guys know, Corrine, thank you so much for leaving that voicemail. If you guys want to leave a voicemail and ask a question or have a comment on one of the episodes, maybe you had like a big aha or something you still feel confused about, go ahead and click on the show notes, expand that, and you'll see a link where you guys will be able to leave a voicemail for a future episode. Thank you guys so much for co-creating this amazing experience with me. Um, If you really enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend. Make sure that you also subscribe because you guys will get one of those super handy little notifications. And if we forget to tell you that we upload an episode, at least the podcast app won't, (laughs) that part will happen automatically. So make sure to hit subscribe. You guys will get those as well as please leave us a review. I get a lot of you guys messaging me in DMs, um, but a review is just always amazing for anybody who's creeping on the podcast to see if this would be valuable in their life. So if you found value in it, um, please go ahead and click and leave a review. We love you. We appreciate And if you guys want access to any of those offers that I mentioned, like sales is foreplay, daddy energy, or um, leader lean back, the mastermind experience, just click in the show notes below. Do you see how useful it is to change your language? Andrea always talks about how words either cause energy and strength in the body or take energy and strength in the body. Want to find out why your mantras aren't working? Check out Andrea's potent masterclass, Mantras That Are Blocking Manifestations and How to Rewrite Them So They Work. It's so good. Visit the show notes for more info. See you there.